Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Beyond the Dark brings you sci-fi short stories that invite you to explore questions like What drives us? What makes us human? And what else lies out there undiscovered? At times, you'll encounter some mature themes, so listener discretion is advised. No one knows exactly how the infiltrators came amongst us so quickly, but when they did, they came in their thousands. Machines hidden beneath human skin. They were difficult to spot, and even harder to kill. Under the control of a faceless enemy, the infiltrators struck at our very heart, eliminating leaders and decision-makers first. Then they came after the rest of us. Not just to win a war, but to wipe us out. most of us, the only choice was to leave our homes, keep on the run. Almost everyone I cared about was scattered, lost in the confusion. Sometimes I picture them making it out, reaching safety, but I know it's a long shot. Every day it gets harder to stay ahead of the machines as the net closes in. Desperate, and with nowhere left to turn, I'm down to my last option. One night, one last journey. I'm going to risk it all for the chance to find a way out before the infiltrators consume everything in their path. The bunker door opens and those around me readied themselves in the gloom as they prepare to leave. I take Maddie's hand and we join the line, then follow the others through the exit. Outside, it's dark and quiet. The ground beneath us is soft and the country air is earthy and fresh. I waste no time in taking out my tracker so I can run the calibration. Around us, others are doing the same. We've all had the same briefing, and we know what to do. The infiltrators will find us more easily if we're in large groups, so we need to split up into pairs, keep following our separate paths to the checkpoints on our trackers, and above all, we have to hurry. The next transport leaves in 12 hours. It won't wait for stragglers. I work my way back through the crowd and take Maddie by the hand again. Shh. 
in the glow of the trackers, I can see others regarding Maddie's small, bent frame with concern and even disdain. She doesn't look like the kind to be making a cross-country trek with infiltrators at her heels, not with her limbs twisted by disease. But I ignore them. She'll make it, even if I have to carry her. I lead her away from the throng. Several paths wind their way into the forest. Some of the other refugees are already on their way. I tighten my grip on Maddie's hand as I check the headings on the tracker. And then we move into the trees. Behind us, the bunker door swings shut. And we're left alone to find our way in the darkness. Hours go by as we trek along the forest pathway. Trees stretch upward toward a starry sky. With only the dim glow of the tracker to light our way, I can't see much of Maddie's face, but from her ragged breathing, I can tell she's laboring. After a while, I shift my knapsack to my hands and help her climb onto my back so we can keep going. They're out there somewhere, aren't they? Who? The machines. They're looking for us. I see no point in lying to her. They're always out there, Mads. In the cities, on the highways, and yeah, even in the forest, but don't worry. We've done pretty well hiding from them up until now, right? The resistance fighters that we saw back in the city, are they here too? Yeah, of course. They'll help keep us safe. But I thought you can't kill the machines. You can, if you have enough firepower. I don't tell her that the guns and grenades carried by the resistance usually aren't enough to take an infiltrator out. Instead, I let it drop and survey the woods around us, wondering what might be lurking in the gloom. I can tell by the way they looked at me. Maddie's small, pale face clouds over with a scowl. I've seen that look plenty of times over the years. One of determination. Defiance. She loves to prove people wrong. I can't help but smile. Well, screw them. Nothing stops my little sister. Emmy, I know you're just doing this for me. No, I'm not. You're getting me out because I'm slow. You think sooner or later the machines will catch me? You should just let me go. This is the best move for both of us. Once we've made it to one of the strongholds, we'll be safe. I'm just saying I'd understand if you... Hey, we're family. That's all there is to it. We stick together, got it? Yeah, I got it. We leave the forest as dawn breaks and make our way into a deserted township. The breeze turns sulfury, and in the distance I hear a low rumbling sound. Waves pounding against sand. <sighs> it's been years since I've been near the ocean. For some reason, the sound of it calms and reassures me. 
it raises my hopes that we're going to make it. A few minutes later, the tracker leads us through an old seaside amusement park. The rides are rusted and run down. The old stalls in tatters. Paper and scraps of plastic tumble along the asphalt in the breeze. I stare up at the dilapidated Ferris wheel as distant memories wash over me. Hey, I've been here. Really? When? I came with Dad years ago. Back before I was around? Yeah, long before. He bought me cotton candy just over there. What rides did you two go on? <sighs> me? All of them. Not Dad. <laughs> he never had the stomach. He sat and watched while I screamed my lungs out. <laughs> Wish I could have been with you. It sounds like the perfect day. It was. Right up until the part where I got into a fight. You got into a fight? Some kids shoved in front of me while I was in line for the Wheel of Death, so... Punched the nearest one. But they outnumbered me, and I got my ass kicked. And then to top it all off, I got a lecture from Dad. What did he say? Emmy, life's about choices. Sometimes you have to stand up for yourself, and that means you have to pick a fight. But other times, you just have to walk away. Today, you chose wrong. I wish I could remember more about him. The only stories I know are yours. You were too small to remember. But you loved him, and he loved you. That's all that matters. follow the tracker across town. The once picturesque seaside village is now an empty shell, nothing but crumbled buildings riddled with bullet holes. Beneath our feet, the cracked asphalt is half buried in white sand. Weeds that poke through the cracks sway gently in the ocean breeze. Must have been beautiful here once. Yeah, it was. And now it's a ghost town. sudden movement on the side of the road. I grab Maddie and pull her behind me.
man in a grimy blue uniform steps out from behind a cottage. There's a rifle held ready in his hands, and there are grenades attached to his belt. I recognize the uniform and relax. He's one of the resistance fighters. Hold up. Who are you? Hey, it's okay. We're refugees heading to the transport. I'm Imogen. This is my sister Maddie. Refugees? The rest of your cohort came through here ages ago. Yeah, we're doing our best to keep up. We've had reports of heavies in the area this morning. It isn't safe here. Heavies? He means infiltrators. The soldier glances at Maddie, his stance still rigid. He places a small device on the ground and backs away from it. I need a DNA check from both of you. You think we're infiltrators? Are you crazy? No! Cautiously, I step forward and place my hand on the device, then wait for Maddie to do the same. Okay, back up. Listen, I know you have a tough job, but... I've seen heavies more innocent than you, and younger than her. You never can tell. He stops as he examines the findings on the device, then looks up at me suspiciously. Sisters? Not according to the profile I'm seeing here. Not even close. Maddie glances at me sharply. I try not to react. It's a long story. I'm, uh, I'm looking after her. I'm going to need you to check in at the outpost at the far end of town. They'll verify your ID. Just keep heading straight along here and pick up your pace, okay? The soldier finally lowers his rifle and continues his patrol along the street, back in the direction we've already come. I watch him for a moment, and by the time I turn back, Maddie is already hobbling away. Maddie hustles ahead of me, walking so fast she stumbles and almost falls. I catch up to her, place a hand on her arm. Matt, slow down. Don't talk to me. You're a liar. Listen, I'm sorry I didn't tell you. I wasn't sure how you'd take it. Yeah. Well, now you know. Who are you anyway? You're not my sister. I found you, okay? (laughs) You are wandering the streets with no one to take care of you. So I took you in. So you're just some stranger who took pity on the cripple. Can we just stop for a second? And this guy you always talk about. Dad. He wasn't my real dad, was he? (laughs) He would have loved you, just like I do. I never even met him, did I? doesn't matter. I thought we both belonged to something. We do. You're my family. The only family I've got. I guess my real family didn't want me. And that's why they threw me out. Why would a stranger be any different? Finally, she stops. And I wonder if I've gotten through to her. But as I watch, her face goes as pale as the sand beneath our feet. 
I follow her gaze and see that a short way ahead, in the entrance to a nearby building, there's a body covered in blood. From the uniform, it's clear that the dead man is part of the resistance. This might be the outpost the fighter told us about. Quiet, Mads. Let's just take it slow. We advance. The building looks to be an old bank that the resistance has converted into a fortification. The man lying in the front doorway is a bloody mess, staring sightlessly at the ceiling. Why didn't he use his grenades? I glance down at his belt, where several grenades are still clipped in place. Maybe he didn't have time. Beyond the man, I can see a cluster of monitors, a setup of black and white CCTV screens. They show a network of corridors labeled Bunker. I wonder if maybe Maddie and I could find refuge there. Just hang on a sec, Mads. Transfixed, I move slowly forward. With dismay, I see more dead bodies on the screens and resistance fighters running. A large figure in a black jacket stalks them, firing a pistol. The fighters return in kind with their rifles. The figure doesn't even slow down. An infiltrator, here, somewhere in the building. I back away, watching in horror as the last fighter goes down. The infiltrator surveys the area, then turns to look up at the camera. A chill runs down my spine. I know he can't see me, but it feels like those dead eyes are staring right into my soul. Mads, we're leaving. I turn, but the entrance to the bank is empty. Maddie is gone. Outside, I look around frantically and spot Maddie further along the beach. I can see from the way she's limping that she's pushing herself to her limits. Maddie! Maddie! My voice is swallowed up in the breeze. Looking around helplessly, I spot the dead fighter in the doorway again. With no other weapons at hand, I move over and quickly take the grenade belt, loop it around my waist. Then, I run. thankful that Maddie is at least headed in the right direction. Ahead, a tall concrete wall stretches out, all the way down across the beach, likely a barrier that was erected in the early days of the infiltrators. When I finally reach Maddie, she's making her way through a large iron gate set into the wall. Maddie, I'm here. I'm with you. She doesn't even turn around or acknowledge me in any way, instead continuing up the incline on the other side. As I pass through the gate, I turn to look back toward the village. 
I'm horrified to see that the infiltrator is there, lumbering in our direction, moving fast. Damn it! I push the gate with all my might. It's heavy and cumbersome, but I manage to force it closed. There's a tire iron half buried in the sand, and I reach down and pull it free, then wedge it through the lock. I follow Maddie up the incline, praying the gate will hold. I reach her halfway up the hill. She's on her knees, exhausted and shaking. Wasting no time, I take her in my arms and carry her upward. At the top, a burnout resort sits overlooking the ocean. Sand stings my eyes as the wind picks up. The tracker indicates the path lies through the resort, and with the wall barring our progress in other directions, I see no other choice but to head through it. Inside, the place is a mess. Interior walls have crumbled, and everything is scorched. It seems like a battle took place at some point in the past, maybe a final stand for the people who had set up fortifications here. Down the hill, I hear the infiltrator at the gate hammering away. Amy, I'm scared. We're good, baby. We're good. We head through the resort. Parts of the floor are covered in rubble, with the only clear path leading out to the deck. Beneath my feet, the floorboards are charred and warped, and through the gaps I can see waves crashing against the rocks far below. Loose bricks are strewn about the place. I almost trip as I try to navigate through them. Hang on to me. I can walk. Let me down. We cross the deck, and I let Maddie down. She's in poor shape, limping badly, but she puts on a brave face. Come on! We exit the far side of the resort, and Maddie stumbles. I clutch at her jacket, but she goes down hard in the dirt. Before I can help her up, a loud crash echoes in the distance. It's through the gate. I check the tracker. We still have a couple of clicks to go to reach the transport. With a sinking feeling, I realize there's no way we're going to make it before the infiltrator catches us. What's the matter? I stare down at her. This tiny girl, who has been my whole world for the longest time. The love I feel for her is beyond anything I've ever felt. And suddenly, I'm no longer weary, no longer afraid. I pull Maddie to her feet and put the tracker in her hands. Take this and keep going. I'll catch up to you. Where are you going? I need to slow this thing down. I turn away and head back inside the resort. My father's words from all those years ago ringing in my ears. Sometimes, you have to pick a fight. I work my way back through the resort, over the deck and down towards the lobby. My hands are sweaty and shaking as they grip the grenades at my belt. I know I can't win a head-on confrontation with the machine, but that's not what I'm here to do. 
I just need to lead it away. I need it to follow me. As I reach the bottom of the steps, shots ring out and bullets whiz past my ears. I stumble back as the infiltrator appears from the next room. It pulls the trigger again, but the clip is empty. It casts the pistol aside and advances on me, changing course to block my escape. Where are the others? Up close, this thing looks horrific. Battle-scarred and worn, its guise of humanity has begun to slip. Chunks of flesh on its face are gone, revealing the shine of alloy beneath. One of its eyes droops, seeping blood from the corner. There are no others! The infiltrator takes an object from its jacket pocket, and I realize it's a tracker, probably taken from a dead refugee. This device doesn't function. Where is your destination? It won't work for you. Not with your fake DNA. Tell me where you're going, and I'll let you live. Yeah. I bet you've used that line a lot. Right before you shoot. It smirks. A grotesque and chilling parody of a human expression. Then it advances on me. I edge towards the steps, but it has the angle on me. I won't make it. I am trapped. Ones like you are always brave until... Suddenly, something crashes into the infiltrator's face, sending it staggering backward. A jagged piece of brick clatters across the floor. I look up to see Maddie standing at the railing on the level above. Another brick raised and at the ready. Leave her alone! I take my chance and bound away up the steps, running as fast as I can. My hands still on the grenades. I make it to the deck and stride across the floor. But once again, the debris tangles my feet and I crash to my knees. This is it. This is it. I pull the pins on the grenades and let them spill out amongst the debris. Then I half crawl, half run across the deck and make it to the other side. I turn just in time to see the infiltrator appear, stalking menacingly across the scorched floorboards. It looks at me and smirks again as it closes in for the kill. Yeah, come on. Come and get me. I dive for cover, and a moment later the grenades come off. I look back and see the deck disintegrate, the infiltrator plunging through, downward, its face twisted in shock. I scramble across the edge and watch as the machine tumbles through the air. Then it hits the rocks far below with a sickening thud. It lies unmoving, its frame twisted and bent at horrible angles. The waves crash around it, and the infiltrator slips down below the water. With Maddie at my side, we cross the final hill and look down to see a secluded bay where refugees at the docks are boarding a ferry. The transport. Under a pastel morning sky, bathing in sunlight, it looks like something out of a dream. Are we going to make it? Yeah, we're going to make it. A short time later, we're on board and the gates close behind us. 
I help Maddie over to the railing where she slumps down and stares into the emerald water, exhausted. You did good, Mads. You did great. She turns to me and smiles wearily. My sis, the Infiltrator Slayer. Couldn't have done it without you, sis. You know, Mads, DNA isn't the only thing that makes people family. She slips into my arms and presses her tiny frame against me with all her might. I know, Emmy. I know. As the ferry pulls away from shore, I take a moment to look back at the coastline. For the first time since the invasion, I have hope, no more than that, belief that humans will prevail. The machines have raw power and thick hides, cold and calculating minds, but it takes more than that to win a war. The infiltrators lack something that we humans often take for granted, something that makes us stronger than they'll ever be. We have each other. Infiltrators, featuring Sandra Osborne, Angela Tran, and Will Dorenzi Martin. Written, directed, composed, and produced by me, Mark R. Healy. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and add a review wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also find my full-length novels and music at markrhealy.com. Thanks for tuning in. I'll see you in the next one. The Fable and Folly Network where fiction producers flourish. I'm Carlotta Botox, actress, thinktress, and influenceress, and I'm spilling all the tea on Hollywood. <sighs> Name? Carlotta Botox. B-O-T-O-X. Spell the first name. It's actually Botox. B-E-A-U-T-O-X. Of course it is. First name? Botox is actually my last name. My first name... Okay there, who's on first? I know it's your last name. Now I want you to spell your first name. Oh, Carlotta. It's C-A-R, as in the automobile. L-O-T-T-A, like a lot of talent. Wow. Just... Wow. There's also an umlaut. The f is an umlaut? It's two dots and it goes over the... Okay, Carlotta, two dots. Just take a seat over there. We'll call you when we're ready. Meanwhile, we'll gird our loins. Check out the Carlotta Botox Chronicles, available now on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcatcher.